so welcome to the Bill for the Trades podcast. This podcast is really to talk to, interview, whatever you want to call it, real leaders in the trades who are out there doing it day in and day out and really just kind of gain some wisdom from these men and women that come in here uh, to get interviewed. And today we have a special guest. We have Brant Martin from Martin's Rod and Custom here in Lampasas, Texas. And uh, Brant does some amazing uh, hot rod builds, and uh, he's also a friend of mine, but he has so much wisdom to share. So welcome to the show, Brent. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, excited to be here. Um, looking forward to helping people out and sharing a little bit of good, bad, and ugly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. This podcast is not about, you know, how big your business is and how much money you make. It's more about sharing just real experiences with people, hoping that the audience listening can gain some knowledge and uh, maybe not repeat the silly mistakes that we've made in our careers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. uh, Let people know why we do what we do. It's not about, you know, like you said, being big or, you know, having 18 people on your team or any bragging rights. It's about helping the next generation, in my opinion. So good. Yeah. Good. Well, Brant, let's go get to know you a little more, man. Tell the audience uh, just a little more, a little more about you your business, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so I've uh, <clears throat> been in business for 20 years now, and I'll talk about hobbies and stuff. This was my hobby, was hot rods, yeah. uh, building cars and stuff like that. So, I mean, but uh, other hobbies are, I play, try to play golf when I get a chance to, you know. Um, but uh, full-time, or, yeah, I, member at the church quite a bit, you know, so I stay there and help out with the sound system and, uh, was a youth pastor for six years at our church and on the greeting team and really involved with the, the church and the community and stuff like that, trying to, like I said, grow the next generation there as well. So, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being, a, being, a, being involved in any community, I think it's amazing because nowadays it just feels like it, everything that the world is doing is trying to divide us from having community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Like you and I talk about that a lot. It's just building a camaraderie with friends and other men and women that can hold us accountable and help us with our marriages and just life in general. You know, that's what we're here for is to grow other people, you know, and to help each other out. So it's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So Brant has the one and only hot rod shop that I've personally ever seen that has uh, core values, a vision, mission on the wall. Uh, his team lives it. They have, he has a great culture. Uh, tell the audience more about, you know, what's your specialty there at, at, at Martin's Rod and Custom as far as the cars and trucks that you build? So it, we're an automotive restoration business. And so we restore 1972 and back uh cars so old cars and uh, our main business is maintaining customers vehicles to make functional hot rods uh, so they can have a safe dependable car you know we do tune-ups and chassis work and uh, upgrade the brakes and air conditioners on cars and stuff like that so it's comfortable to drive it's old school technology or look but modern technology so um, and then we also do some full turnkey builds too to do a full custom you know, hot rods as well. But like I said, our main business is just maintaining uh, our customers' vehicles and making sure they're safe and uh, functional and dependable when they're ready to rock and roll to a car show or, you know, whatever they like to do with a parade, et cetera. So, and just make it comfortable, make it enjoyable to drive. And, uh, 
and then the whole time too is just have a great experience you know with the uh, that's what it's about I mean with the TV shows and stuff like that going on people want to experience with their build so not hmm. just going to a mechanic shop and you know hey fix my stuff I want a full-on experience you know they'll be enjoying the whole time so yeah it's cool man yeah it, it is a lot about experience and people do you know they bring you some uh, really treasured vehicles to work on yeah. and at Martin trying to custom y'all really narrow down your focus to certain year builds what is that range that, that y'all typically work on just so the audience knows more about what y'all do yeah to give you an idea 1909 is kind of when you know cars started becoming real cars uh, and then we could go up to 72 on most builds because about 72 that's when the insurance companies and EPA and stuff started regulating cars they made uh, fuel economy and they're worried about seat belts and safety and crash bumpers and started turning them kind of ugly you know <laughs> about 1972 so yeah well also, we specialize in F100 trucks, um, so the C10 market's huge out there, and the F100's kind of just been sitting in the back burner. And so, I mean, the F100s have a great style and a great look to them, and they're just not like every other C10 out there, you know. So, we do uh, 1953 to 1979 F100s. Um, uh, the F100 started in 1953; it was an F1 before that. So, of course, we'll do older as well but the 53 to 79 is what we're specializing in we make custom parts for them custom front suspensions uh, uh, do a lot of stuff in-house with the sheet metal work and uh, just just kind of like I said specializing in that type of truck uh, for the Ford guys out there you know coyote swaps what is a big deal which is the putting a 2018 to newer Mustang motor or f-150 motor in an older truck and then you have modern suspension and brakes and so you have all that 400 plus horsepower all that go you want to put some whoa to it as well so <laughs> we you make sure the brakes and the chassis and stuff like that is safe and you know a functional hot rod so you can just get in turn the key and enjoy your your cruise you yeah know, so yeah i'm sure that whoa is uh, somebody's had to learn the hard way huh yeah yeah you see a lot of mustangs <laughs> that are crashed in the <laughs> in the salvage yards and stuff now because they don't have much whoa to them <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so anybody listening out there, uh, hearing about these hot rods, that's really inter interested in kind of following your story and following your, your business and your brand, um, is, there, is there a social network that you're really active in that you can share with the audience? Yeah, you can check us out on Instagram, which is uh, martins underscore rod underscore custom. And then you've got martins rod and custom on Facebook. Very cool. And then our uh, webpage, of course, is martinsrods.com. So you can Very check cool. out our full website and have all our build stages on there, some previous builds, galleries, and stuff like that, and give us uh, give you more info about what we do. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, martinsrods.com is the go-to to get all the information you need, our contact and stuff as well. So. All right. There you go. Some entertainment for our audience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody loves to look at hot rods, so that's a great... Well, yeah. Well, I do, at least. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's a great place to go. Um, the next question I wanted to really navigate down is, is the issue with finding people in the trades that want to come in and work and kind of build a career. Like, in what I do, that's probably the number one complaint I get from other business owners is, 
is usually the negative talk. None, none of the, the younger kids want to work. They, if they come, they don't want to stay for a long period of time. You've had, some, you've had more success than I've seen in most companies and finding kids that want to work and kind of bringing, up, bringing them up through the ranks. So kind of walk our audience through what does that look like at Martin Trunning Custom? Yeah, and, and then kind of how do you how do you how do you retain people like that? Yeah, that's one of my favorite conversations about because, like you said, you hear a lot. This next generation doesn't want to work and blah blah blah. You know, but so I'm in a I guess you say a niche industry that you know it's hot rods and they're completely different than working at the hot at the Chevy dealership or going to your regular mechanic shop or whatever. So. Uh, the tradesmen out there that know how to work on hot rods are few and far between, especially with metal fabrication and stuff like that that we do is real specialty stuff. Um, so what I've learned to do is try to just create my team. Um, we started out years ago that uh, we get to the more background later, but around 2010, I was really had to downsize and I was a youth pastor at the time. And uh, I was it was just me and I was hiring high school kids some that were in my youth group, et cetera. And so I started training them to build hot rods, you know what I mean? And so then to get them into the mechanic side of it, see if they wanted to be a mechanic for one. And then, you know, they knew lefty loosey, righty tighty, and I could teach them from there. So, hmm. um, so what I learned from that was that I could hire a regular mechanic from a, auto, a regular automotive shop yeah. and adapt them to hot rod industry, you know what I mean? Um, so I get a guy that's working at, say, the Honda dealership, or he's into Honda hot rods or whatever, you know, which is a thing, uh, and I can adapt them to the old school uh, cars as, as well. So bring them in, give them an opportunity. They have a desire for cars, uh, and then just adapt them to what I need them to do. So train them up, build them from there. Um, Interesting. And then give them a good work atmosphere, you know, the, make it where they enjoy coming to work every day. You know, we have a, a team that's a camaraderie that just like everybody has their back and if they need any help, they can ask and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So uh, just enjoy the atmosphere as well. So, and then what I've learned too is that we just build them up. So we uh, hire high school kids at, with the uh, mechanics class at the Lampasas High School now. The Edward Gold, he's a rock star. He's the, the head teacher for the mechanics class, and he, he'll send me two kids every year. And then we'll teach them, train them, starting at cleaning the toilets and sweeping the floors, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, I got to start somewhere. Yeah, and how you do anything is how you do everything is my motto with these kids. And so what we'll do is we'll... How you clean that toilet? I mean, there, we've had several come to Jesus conversations in the bathroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how you clean this toilet is where you want to clean up. Your mom's gonna sit on it. You know? Wow. And so, if you can clean a toilet really nice, then you can wire a car. You can, you know, take uh, 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 appreciation in the work that you do in a hot rod. You know what I mean? That's cool. So build them up from there. Just give them a work ethic and. I mean, a lot of these kids don't have a parent, um, either a mom or a dad, that can't teach them the work ethics or something like that. And so yeah. that's where we come in, teaching the next generation uh, just the work ethic and what to do, what to expect, and you know how to, like I said, how you do anything is how you do everything. I so, love that. So raise, you... raising up the next generation, you know. So. Yeah, how you do anything is how you do everything. That is a great quote. I just think about... You know, just like cleaning that toilet properly, and that's a very small thing that in that person's mind seems so minute. 
and that they you know could easily overlook that yeah but you know overlooking that what's the next thing that that they're going to overlook on Absolutely. a car on a vehicle that could end up being a serious situation absolutely yeah and so it's all about um yeah it's all about doing the small things right and making sure that you're building them up i think that's the key it's like you don't hire a high school kid and then demean them right when they're not cleaning right like you still though you're teaching them how to work and do it right there still needs to be encouragement involved absolutely and there needs to be some type of vision involved in order for them to want to stay there and I want to dive a little more into that, but but before I do, just so everybody listening understands, in the trade world, you know, trades world, we, I mean, there's a tons of different trades, but like in my plumbing mind, what I kind of, um, how I see your business versus a lot of businesses in like plumbing, HVAC and electrical is that, you know, a lot of businesses are equipped to do new construction to where it's new things, the same thing over and over again. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then there's and then there's other businesses which which I, what I really enjoy, which is more repair and troubleshooting and thinking. And and that's what mm-hmm. I equate your business to because right. it, even in that business we do repipes and things like that, kind of like you do with your full turnkeys. Sure. Yeah. We make things new that are older. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's what makes your company so special is when you take a, a kid who's working at a dealership doing mechanics, he's more of a new construction guy because he's right. working on newer vehicles it's and he's reading a manual and he's doing it by the book. Parts changing. Yeah, yeah when you go to work at, at Martin Trent Custom, you have to think. Yeah, you have to absolutely. troubleshoot. You have to manufacture and make things yep. that don't exist. Right. You can't necessarily turn on the computer and order all the time. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, 80% of my business is diagnostic. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's, <laughs> so that's what you're doing, same with the plumbing industry. Yeah. 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 It's that process of elimination, but it's also, it allows you to have creativity. Mm-hmm. It brings some art into it. And if there's kids listening that want to get into hot rods, absolutely, it's a great, great space to do it. Yeah. So um, one thing, you know, about the younger generations too, that we see time and time again is, is people want to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. So what do y'all do at Martin's Run and Custom to help? help these kids that are coming up feel like they're a part of something bigger than just scrubbing the toilets and sweeping the floors. Yeah, so we have a, a growth chart that we hang on the wall and let everybody know, okay, the cleaning crew can grow to a technician, can grow to a manager, can grow up from there, you know, so we yeah. let them know that. But also you got to realize, like I said earlier, these kids didn't have a, a dad or something like that growing up. And so we're training them and teaching them uh, uh, and giving them an opportunity. I hear a lot that people say, well, kids these days just don't want to work. Mm-hmm. But I think it's our generation older that don't give them the opportunity to work. You know what I mean? We're never going to find me, my work ethic, my you know knowledge and stuff like that in a high school kid or even someone my age in, in their 40s. You know what I mean? And so we need to uh, – I was listening to a podcast years ago. It was a Dean Graziosi, and he's like – it should be mandatory before anybody dies to give their knowledge to somebody else, what oh, they wow. learn, their mistakes, their wisdom, their you know, lessons, their fail forwards you know, that they did. Otherwise, it just dies with you. You know what I mean? So that, that was kind of a life-changing moment for me when I heard that. It's like, yes, exactly. We need to teach someone what we know. And so that's what um, training hot, uh, regular mechanics to become hot rod guys, stuff like that, giving them opportunity to... Uh, to learn and then I mean it's going to be a lot of work 
training these people and I mean it takes a lot of time but you get so much reward from it later you know like you and I talk about it's it's a great feeling to hear the words that you told someone come out of their mouth you know what it I mean? is yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, it really is and so I mean you'll get reward from the effort you put into it you know so so you mentioned growth chart and so everybody understands what that is um, it's really an organization chart that you're looking at a few a, a few years out in your business and you can see people can see how the business is going to grow and what the chain of command is in your right. business and so um, yeah when you're explaining that to, to people it's like you have to do that over and over again especially in the tough times when they want to quit and right. go work, you know, at a fast food place or something, and they want to quit and go go to the next job that's paying more money at the time. Because sure. as we know, as fellow tradesmen, this is an amazing career. Right. And yeah. you know, that was one thing that my dad always taught me was, you know, if you learn anything, you're going to learn to trade because you'll always have a job if you learn a trade. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what trade you're in. That is so valuable, and it's the same thing in your space in the hot rod industry. Absolutely. And uh, it's cool that schools are starting to adopt that more and realize right. that it's not just about going to college. Um, you know, there are a lot of other trades out there to get into. Yeah, that's that's the opportunity I want to give these high school kids is the idea that they don't have to go to a college and spend a ton of money on tuition and stuff like that. They can go into the trades industry and instantly jump into a career or they can go to a trade school and learn more and then jump into a better career in the same industry, you know, so. That's it. There's one thing you said earlier that uh, caught my caught my ear. It was, uh, you mentioned that your team is encouraging, helping, like these kids aren't afraid to ask questions because they're not being demeaned or made mm -hmm. fun of by the older uh, veteran mechanics or techs that are in your in your business and I, I just want to share that with people because you know if you have a high turnover in the younger generation people coming in that aren't staying in your business a lot of times it's not your business yeah. sometimes it could be your culture uh, which I, I guess is your business but a lot of times it could be one or two people that really define that culture for that person. Absolutely. And so we just got to make sure that, uh, that there is an open communication and then it, it is okay to make mistakes. We just don't want to see you make the same mistake over and over again, right? Right, exactly. Because once you, once you open that up for your team period, you'll start to see a team that actually makes decisions. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a leader out there and your phone's blowing up 24-7, you're answering every little silly question from every technician that you have or every person that works for you, that's the problem is you're not giving them the space to, to think, or maybe you did at one point and they made their own decision and then you just blew up on them and then they're like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> like you told me that's a space, but it really don't have any space. So I just right. want to encourage people out there that that is also, I mean, that, that's a great message for the, for, in, for the entire team, but that's also a great message for these young kids that are coming up because um, they may not have been raised the same way that you were raised exactly. or that I was raised. And it, it's literally our mission field to bring these kids up and to help them see a vision for themselves and to help them accomplish goals and help them to grow up to become men and women that are, that are um, just respectable, hardworking people. Yeah. You know, so it's pretty, it's a, it, like you said, it's hard, um, but it does has, have its rewarding moments. Absolutely. When you see these people later on. Right. And you shared that with me actually about uh, a, a mechanic that you met years after he came and went from Martin's Running Custom. Share, the, uh, share that story a little bit with the audience. 
that experience. Maybe the guy out in Thorndale that's uh, has his oh. own business now. <laughs> Share that. Yeah, so we. Yeah, 20 years ago, we were in Copper's Cove, and this kid, his dad was in the Army, and so he's probably 16 years old in high school and lived around the corner from the shop, and he would come by the shop and just look at cars and, you know, uh, hang out is the kind of what I'm understanding from it. So, and I didn't know that at the time, you know, just this random kid coming up, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he... So 20 years later, he's at my shop at an open house and he comes up to me and he's like, hey man, you know, I love what you're doing and stuff like that. I want to tell you something that nobody else knows. I want you to know because it will encourage you. He's like, when I was 16 years old, I, I'm this, that kid that's hanging out. And he said, you are the guy that made me turn love into hot rods, you know? And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, now, you know, I live in Taylor and I own my own hot rod shop, you know, or I'm a manager of a hot rod shop now, and it's because of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of a, you know, gut-wrenching moment, like, oh, wow, yeah. And so it's, it's the stuff you don't see that makes an impact. You know, your actions speak louder than words. You know, you can run your mouth and tell people all the time, you know, what they should do and stuff like that, but your actions, you know, is what really impacts people, you know what I mean? And, and <clears throat> I guess it was my actions and just encouraging the kid or just letting him look at hot rods and telling him what things were and stuff like that he's he's telling me that i would you know he'd ask a 16 year old stupid question and i would still give him the time of day you know and talk to him and build him up and encourage him you know so like i said your actions are you know impact the next generation when you don't even know it so that's awesome. <laughs> Hopefully you weren't thinking like, that was me? Yeah. <laughs> Same guy? Of course, yeah, of course, at the time I was probably 22 years old too. He wasn't much younger than me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to hear finally. I mean, that I was, you know, you hear all kinds of bad stuff. People will tell you the negative more than they'll tell you the positive. So it was a great day when someone comes in and says, hey, you impacted my life, you know. Oh, and that's, that's cool. And that's the thing about going back to hiring people and training them up in the ways that you want them to go is that, I mean, when you say, I saw my, my shop manager at the moment, he actually started out with me. He was, he worked for Patriot Pontiac and he, w- and, and he was in the army at the same time. And he was just a parts changer, like we talked about at the mechanic, or at the yeah. Chevy dealer, or Pontiac dealership. And I hired him on uh, after he retired out of the army and he was just a, you know, parts changing. And then I taught him how to, he knew diagnostic and stuff like that, but then I trained him and taught him taught him up to be a hot rod guy you know what i mean now he's doing ls swaps and you know doing coyote swaps etc which is putting late model motors into old school cars you know and uh so now he's i've grown him up to be my shop manager when he first started out he's like nope i don't want any kind of leadership you know it's that in the army and i don't want i just want to go out here and work you know and now, four years later, he is now running my whole shop, you know, talking to customers and doing uh, estimates and data entry and stuff like that, and then leading the whole crew, you know, of 18 wow. people. Um, and what it is is just teaching him to, to grow and to learn, never stop learning, you know, and then uh, showing him how I handle these high school kids and teaching the high school kids and, and seeing my actions you know, with them. And then now he's the one training the high school kids, you know, so I, 
you think, oh man, it's just going to be a job the rest of my life is training these high school kids. It's no, you train that guy to train the next generation and just use your actions to teach them. And cool. then they realize that, yeah, this kid's asking stupid questions. He's doing stupid <laughs> things, but so was I, you know, at that age or so was I four years ago when Brent gave me the opportunity, you know what I mean? So I've got a lot of kids that are kids. I mean, they're somewhere in the thirties and stuff like that, that, you know, I gave them opportunities. Just they worked at a parts store, you know, and had you know, life had given them a, a hot crap sandwich, and they were just eating it, you know, and giving them the opportunity. I just need a job or whatever. Yep. Like, okay, I'll give you this opportunity. You just got to prove yourself. And I mean, those guys now working for me five years, you know, three to five years, just all different ranges of time, and uh, and that opportunity I gave them, they see the next guy that's coming up. I gave them the same opportunity, and so they will, you know become a team team that way by showing okay i'm gonna give this guy an opportunity like brand gave me an opportunity instead of just berating him or telling him he's stupid or and that kind of stuff and i mean yeah, it builds camaraderie it builds a team at the shop you know what i mean so they're just they're we're all on the same page that way it's all about growing and everybody growing in the shop and their life and my job is to impact their life personally professionally and spiritually that's so, awesome. I mean, every opportunity is a, uh, I get to sit down with them. I mean, the guys will come in and just sit in my office and say, hey, man, I'm having issues with my wife or my kids or whatever. And I mean, every opportunity is a opportunity to speak in their life and to grow them as a person, you know. So it's just mm. changing your perspective, changing your mindset of why we're here, you know. We're not here just to make all the numbers line up and make money and grow and grow and grow. It's about impacting people. That's so. good, man. Yeah, if you were too busy or just weren't aware of that uh, situation, you could easily see that as an inconvenience to your day. Absolutely. Never take the, take the time for those people, mm. and you're wondering why people are turning over in your business. It's yep. because you're not building that relationship with them. Uh, one thing I wanted to jump into is just it's just veterans are amazing people, and I and their service. I just want to thank all the all the veterans and active military for the service, but they are great assets to the trades. Absolutely. I personally have a lot of great experiences hiring veterans to come in. You obviously talking about your manager as a veteran. Yep. Um, you know, they come up with the work ethic, with the values. Uh, but one thing I, you know, yeah. So I don't know. I just wanted to share that. I, I think there's different styles of leadership when you come from the military mm -hmm. versus coming into a uh, work environment where it's it's vision first it's encouraging it's building people up it's teaching them um that that you have to work through because a lot of times in military it's very positional leadership right but i also think that's changing in the military sure more and more because they're realizing that no kids want to come in and and be a part of that like right the old yeah. school way where it's my way or the highway do what i say not what i do yeah, yeah. type stuff is changing and 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 so it's just cool i just want to encourage people out there to, to when you're looking for your next manager, just looking for people in your business period, don't overlook the veterans. They yeah. are a great resource. It's just giving them an opportunity as well, you know. And then, like you said, adapting them by your coaching them and using your actions to show them how you want things done. So, so I'm curious, how did you get into the trades? Uh, well, basically, I turned my dad's hobby into a business uh, 20 years ago. I was uh, 21 years old. Um, when I started my shop, but uh, before that, you know, I got my first car at 11 years old, and like I said, it was my dad's hobby. So I got a '63 Nova, uh, oh, nice. a little two-door hardtop, 
and if I wanted to drive when I turned 16, I had to build that car, you know. So oh, I'm 11 wow. years old, get a $300 turd in a, <laughs> in a field somewhere. And I literally had to do, build everything. I, I did everything besides actually spray the paint and do the upholstery myself, you know. Wow. Of course, you're 11, and so, I mean, 16 is a long way off at that time. So I worked on it, cleaned it up a little bit at a time. And then really by the time I turned about 14, 15 years old is when I really, you know, started working on the car and building it. And then uh, so I was buying and selling cars too at the same time because that's what my dad did for a living he was he bought he was uh he had a car lot and so our hobby was hot rods and so i was buying and selling cars uh hot rod cars so i had like nine novas and stuff like that i was getting parts off of and buying and selling by the time i was 21 years old i had bought and sold 22 cars oh wow. you know at the time and so um and I, at high school, I worked at Napa at the auto parts store. Actually, before that, my brother owned a body shop. And so I was working out, cleaning toilets and sweeping the floor and stuff like that for him. And then sanding cars and, you know, making, you know, like two bucks an hour. Oh, my <laughs> And driving this Nova. You know, it cost me to get 10 miles to the gallon. <laughs> I'd drive it 30 miles to work and 30 miles back to get to his shop for $2 an hour, you know. But it gave me a work ethic, which my dad also instilled into me as a child, you know, as, you know, especially at 11 years old, you know, that demand is, I'm not gonna buy you a new car. That's awesome, you know, you gotta build this thing, you know. I, work bet you, ethic. I bet you appreciated that car. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I've got all kinds of stories I could tell you about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, phone calls of, hey dad, you know, I got a fire, you know, what do you do? <laughs> you know, pull the battery, you know, don't, you know, don't, Dirt down the carburetor, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I got a fire. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, then going on to that, like I said, I worked at Napa Auto Parts Store, and that just gave me a love for parts and, you know, talking to people and, yeah. you know, selling and stuff like that as well. And then uh, after that, I worked at my dad's car lot for a little while, and then uh, my brother and I opened a body shop here in Lampasas uh, and worked for him for a year, um, just doing the body industry and stuff like that learning how to do body work and of course which i started when i was 16 too working for him in the shop wow. and then the, the management of the body shop so i was learning management skills and so on and so forth uh running his body shop nice. here in lamp passes so and then of course you know family happens and we butt heads and you know, I tell them to kiss my butt and I'm going to go to my own shop. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so at 21 years old. And so then I, me and my other brother uh, start a uh, uh, hot rod shop in Copper's Cove. Yeah. And then we, uh, you know, we work together for nine years. And there's stories with that too, you know, straws on camel's back type stuff. You know? uh, yeah. Imagine that family. <laughs> Family strife and, and family businesses. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. It was all learning situations, you know. It's how to deal with people, even if they're family, you know, and yeah. just, you know, learning and growing from there. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, turn a hobby into a business. So that's how we got into what I'm doing now. So Very cool. Yeah, one thing I just want to point out is, I mean, your dad instilling that hard work and that appreciation for building your own vehicle is something that majority of the kids out there don't have yeah absolutely. you know and so if people are listening and they're like oh yeah my dad made me do that or my dad taught me the trades and taught me how to work hard i i resonate with your story because my dad did teach me that but mm -hmm. i think that's you know when we have those frustrating days with these kids um we're not those kids like we're not the same people yeah. we had different backgrounds and i i truly believe that we're all a product of our upbringing 
for good or for bad, and we should be proud of whatever that is. But Absolutely. If, I think if you take a step back and realize that this kid may not have had it as well off as I did to have a dad that instilled that in me, they may not even have a dad. Right. You have a little more empathy for what they're going through, and you may have a little more patience. Uh, absolutely. To help them get through that. Yeah, because I mean, I get flashbacks as a kid, 14, 15 years old, rubbing elbows with my dad, working on this car, you know, and that's how I learned was gaining wisdom from him, you know, and so that's what I try to do with these kids too, is just be out there and be, be positive and to be, uh, you know, there for them to let them know this is how you do something and this is why, you know, when you're out there tuning a carburetor, you just don't, if you want something done right, do it yourself. You've got to eliminate that mentality, uh, you know, you've got to really jump in there. It's like, okay, I'm tuning this carburetor and this is how, and this is what I'm listening for and this is what I'm doing and stuff like that and just, and really it, it gives you a sense of pride and, you know, a good encouragement to yourself even that you realize, oh, my dad taught me this, so this is why I know what I'm doing, you know, and this kid didn't have that opportunity. I can teach them, you know, how it is and how what my dad taught me, so. So what happens if, you know, if, if you see a situation as a leader uh, manager, whatever you want to call it, in the workplace, and you decide, hey man, get out of the way, let me do that for you, you get impatient. Like, what does that do for the long term of your your team if you have one person or two people that are consistently butting in and doing things for people like that? Yeah, I mean, what you see is just, it, it turns into meaning to them, like just, you're not good enough to do this, get out of my way, is what it looks like from their side of it, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then also, you're not you're making it where you have more work to do yourself because you're always going to have to come in and do that particular job if you're not teaching them and growing them to do do what you're what you know so yeah so just like we're talking about with these younger kids how we have to give them a vision and help them feel a part of something bigger than themselves and be encouraged and be held accountable all those different things doing the small things right it's the same thing for us as business owners managers leaders in the space is if we're consistently doing things for people because we can do it better or quicker mm -hmm. and we're not allowing that person to fail forward or to learn right. as they go, then uh, you, you're missing the vision yeah. of what you want to create. And then, you know, year after year, you, your conversation is, is my business is growing, but it's getting more frustrating. I can't get anybody to do anything. Mm -hmm. They're always calling me 24-7, asking <laughs> stupid questions. I got to do everything for everybody. Right. Like, if that's the mentality that you have, you're missing your vision. I think yeah. if you could see your vision and realize that, okay, that's my growth chart. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to achieve. And if I'm not willing to be patient and let people learn the, uh, learn and, and, and grow in the space, I, I, I got to stop doing that, otherwise I'm never going to achieve that vision. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, everything you said pointed back to yourself. You know, mm -hmm. I've got to keep doing this and I've got to do that and all that. I mean, if you're not training your guy below you, you know, then yeah, you're constantly going to be creating more jobs for yourself. You know, you get that guy you train will do your job, what you're doing there, and then you can grow the business, you know, work on the business than work in it so much, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, anyways, I could talk about that for forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, good but, job. I mean, perfect example, okay? So I had my parents over for dinner the other night for Christmas, and yeah. I cooked them a steak, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, what? I know how to cook a steak because my dad taught me how to cook a steak when I was probably, shoot, 10, 12 years old, and then I made that steak, and now, 
but I just I don't cook it the same way my dad cooked it when I was you know 30 years ago. Yeah. I made that and I experiment with it and make it better, you know what I mean? So I took his knowledge that he gave me at whatever age and made it better. Just like the hot rod industry building a car, you know. I took everything he taught me how to build a motor, how to build the suspension and stuff like that and I learned from there. And that's what your employees, your technician, your teams will do is they will learn from what you have what you've taught them and make it better. And so that just makes your business that much better. You're hiring smarter people than you and they will take the ball and run with it. You know what I mean? Quarterback can't run every single play and make the points. He's got to have his team to trust and to throw the ball to, to get across yes. that line. You know what I mean? And just, it's True. about hiring people smarter than you. You can't be the smartest guy in the room. If you are, you need to hire somebody else that's smarter than you or you need to change rooms. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to continually learn off of them, and they you got to hire smart people to to help you grow your company. So, all right, you ready for some some real talk? Sure. Yeah. Curious, like what's what's one of the biggest mistakes that you've made during your career to date? Because I say one, because we probably make a lot of mistakes, but there's always oh, that yeah. one that we're like, yeah, we're probably not going to repeat that one. Yeah, you gave me that list of questions and stuff like that. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. And, I think my biggest, uh, one of my, I'm sure, gosh, 20 years, I can think of a lot of mistakes, but the short time I thought about it was growing and not becoming better at what I do. Hmm. So 2002, we started our company, it's me and my brother, and I was doing the parts side of it, and he was doing the service side, the labor and stuff like that. And then we'd get an employee and, you know, just kind of roll with things like that. But we got kept getting bigger and bigger up to 2008 you know 2009 when the economy started failing we had by that time we had 12 people on our team we had two office people we had a hundred thousand dollars in parts inventory had a ten thousand square foot shop did everything in-house paint body upholstery the whole nine yards uh and we were big and we were doing great things we didn't grow too fast but we grew and didn't learn to get how to get better at what we were doing. Oh, wow. So we weren't, I mean, we were growing, we had all the work we could handle, but we weren't getting better at how we were handling business. Hmm, interesting. Okay. We, we were building cars, phenomenal, but we weren't doing business like we are doing building cars. So what we, my, one of my biggest mistakes that I learned from was, as you get bigger, you gotta get better at what you do. You know, you can't just do the same thing with two employees as you do with 15 employees, you know, you've got to have, you know, more wisdom coming in from management. You've got to, you know, speak and learn, just stuff like that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you got to grow your knowledge. You got to grow what you do to become better at what you do, not just become bigger, so. Interesting, yeah, if you, if you just keep growing, this is, I'm sure this resonates with a lot of people out there. If you just keep growing and not becoming better, then chaos ensues in your business, right? Yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons I hired you, Dan, as a business uh, coach, was to become better at what I do. You know, I'm hiring smarter people than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I can grow, and the company can grow, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's so. good, man. That's good. It's all about lifting that lid off your business so it can grow, and having the right systems that are repeatable, and mm -hmm. being able to empower people to run those for you. Absolutely. That yep. way, it's not you trying to run everything. So. Yep. That's some, man, that's some really good wisdom. We can just end the podcast right now. <laughs> people take that away because, man, I thought, I, I just, it resonates with me just thinking about 
um, all the trades businesses I've been in, and, and uh, so that's good stuff. So yeah. to kind of counter that, <clears throat> what's one of the biggest success stories that you've had in your career to date? Uh, that's, I don't know, there's a lot of them I can think of. I, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I guess in the last couple of years, just the hiring a business coach built for the trades and watching that where I could grow the company and be able to work on the company more than having to work in the company. Mm. You know, I had some ideas of what I wanted. And at the, that point I was doing the job of what my admins doing, my parts guys doing, my shop manager, my team leads. I was doing all that myself, you know? And then, so being able now to see that two years later, I'm like, okay, I've got people that are doing what I do and now I can work on the business instead of working in the business. So, I mean, that's, I, I think that, that's one of my business biggest success is the, okay, now I can actually get better at what I do because I've got people that can help me get there. Fist bump. <laughs> I like it, brother. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm in the second what Brant's saying is if if you're burned out in your business trying to do everything, hiring a coach is a great way to go. Absolutely. I mean, they can really help structure it. And it's funny because it's like not th it's things that you didn't maybe necessarily already know. You just were so in it that you couldn't see it. And yeah. that's that perspective you need to do and hire somebody to help hold exactly. you accountable. So yeah. uh, one thing I share with Brant often is always be prepared to share your vision with anybody that you meet and share it often mm -hmm. especially with your team that's one piece but even a bigger vision than that and brant has got an awesome vision so i'm going to call you to the floor um, <laughs> share the vision of what you see in the land passes community uh, with what you want to do with hot rods it, it kind of brings everything that we've talked about in the podcast to fruition uh, so just start with the name right and, uh, and kind of share with the audience what it is that you want to do with the hot rods uh yeah i mean start with a day it's it's martin's rod custom but i mean it's it's about family you know growing and stuff like that and uh teaching my kids and like so the next generation as well but uh we're going to talk about vision for the future or, I, mean, I, mean, I mean bigger than that because you said that you made a statement just a few, a few minutes ago that you're working on the business more than you're working in the business mm -hmm. That's freed you up to start dreaming because you are the visionary for yeah. Martin's Running Custom, which it's important that we have time to get clarity on what it is that we want to achieve. Uh, coming into 2022 and beyond, you have a big vision for Patina Alley, right? Or for right. the My business your part. business yeah. part that you want to create. So just, yeah, thought it'd be fun to share that a quick snapshot with the audience of what you're going to be creating over the next few years. Yeah, let me give you some background before we get to the future. You know, we... Uh, so like I said, 2002, I started my company based off a hobby. And I, my dad would bring cars to our house of his buddies. And my brother Lee and I would work on them and get them ready for them. And so I seen a, a need for it. And, but ultimately, my goal was I was going to be a, a, a pastor. You know, I thought I was called into the ministry of church pastoring, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, this was just kind of a, a thing to do until... I, I take the college or get educated to become pastor. And so from 2002 to 2009, you know, we were growing and God was sending me business. And I mean, we're doing great things. Um, and then the uh, economy, like everybody knows, failed, started failing in 2009. And I'm, I'm a hobby business. I'm not a, a need. You know, I'm a candy store pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I started getting customers that would call me and say, hey, I got to cancel working on my car. My business is dropping. I can't afford yeah, this yeah. hobby, you know, at the moment and stuff like that. So I was losing customers right and left. 
uh, due to the economy. And so at that point, you know, I wasn't taking the business serious. I wasn't getting better at it. So I had no other, you know, option of where I was going to go. So I'm thinking, uh, so as the customers start falling off, I start having to let go of some of my employees as well too. And so what I ended up doing was getting jobs from my other employees at other shops and stuff like that, regular mechanic shops, my brother's body shop, stuff like that. If they wanted a job, I was going to help them find it, you know? Um, so then 2010 happens and everything is just in the tanker. Uh, I have one employee left and I'm looking for a, a shop to move to. And so 2010, I find the, the or in 10,000 square feet, I sell the building and I move to this build I'm in now, which is a total of 10,000 square feet, but I have an opportunity just to rent 800 square feet of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm talking to the landlord. He's like, oh, you should just rent the whole building. You know, you could do this, that. And <laughs> You're I, probably like, and, what? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, you know, having that fear of, you know, a failure, that loss, you know, I've yeah. already going through. So I'm like, no, no, just give me 800 square feet. That's all I need at the moment, you know? And so 2011, January, we move in to 800 square feet, just me and one guy, you know? And so we're working on cars and stuff like that. And then six months go in and like, okay, I need a little bit more room because cars are been parked outside. So we take over a little bit more of the shop. Uh, and, you know, the economy in 2000, it still wasn't great in 2012, so on and so forth. And so um, we're working on a little bit of cars and I get cars done that we had old stuff that I needed to finish. And then Rusty, my one employee, ends up going to work for a parts store, you know. I was like, hey, I don't have enough work for you and me. It's just going to have to be me, you know. Oh, wow. I got to think about my family and stuff like that. And anyways, uh, so he goes to work for a parts store, and then I hire my high school youth group kid, you know, some yeah. youth pastor. And I'm yeah. thinking this whole time, you're like, all right, this is just the means to an end. Still 11 years in, you know, still young and dumb, thinking, okay. You know, I've survived this far for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm going to be a pastor is my point. You know, yeah. it's what I'm supposed to do in life. Yeah. So I'm hiring these kids and or me and these two kids, two college or high school kids are working on cars and stuff like that. And uh, I have a customer in England or Scotland that uh, buys a car from me. And then so now the U.S. economy is down, but the U.K. economy is up. Mm -hmm. And so the exchange rate is awesome. So he's buying cars from me and I'm repairing them and sending them overseas. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, there'd be days I just get cash in my account and he's like, hey, go buy me two or three cars. So then me and my dad would go with a trailer and go scoop up cars, buy cars and fix the windshield wipers and the heaters because in Texas it hardly rains. We don't use a windshield wiper. We, <laughs> we rain X the windshield and never use the heater. So we got to fix those because they use them all the time in the UK, you know, it gets cold and rainy all the time. So the next three years and I, buy and sell cars going overseas i end up shipping 168 cars in three years oh, to, wow. to overseas and uh that's what got my business running up from 2011 to 2016 you know so then 2016 um now the economy flips and america is doing good and so i'm now getting local business and stuff like that so the hobby industry starts picking back picking up, up yeah. you know and so um then i hire Rick, my shop manager now, has a mechanic, you know, and then I start hiring other guys. And so we're now in 4,000 square feet. And then we get a little more after that and then get a little more. And then, you know, uh, as we get bigger, I start growing into this 10,000 square foot building I'm in now, you know. Um, anyway, so about 2017, I'm having my morning devotional and I'm reading Andy Stanley 
devotional and says that uh, when people at salvation are called into the their mission, they think that they're called into the ministry, which they th- mistake for, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. Yeah. But yeah. every person that's at salvation, their ministry is their career. Mm. You know, so then I'm like, whoa, my career is my ministry. I'm not supposed to be necessarily a pastor. You know, I had several opportunities in the past when the Chris, the executive pastor, would come, you know, was well, that opportunity was like, God, am I supposed to be the pastor? And he's like, no, 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 it's not for you at the moment, you know. Wow. And so there was several key uh, indicators, okay, I'm just going to be a pastor. And so at this, I'm like, well, wait a minute. So this is why I'm, what, 12 years in <laughs> this business, 12, 15 years in, almost 15 years in, and still rocking and rolling by the grace of God that, because, I mean, I wasn't trying to grow the business, mm. but God was still sending me opportunity and growing, mm. you know, and I'm just sitting there, you know, ignorant <laughs> looking at this. And so then I'm sitting, thinking after this morning devotional, Andy Stanley, I'm like, wow, this is my career. This is what God wants me to be. This is my ministry. And so it just changed yeah. my whole perspective of how I do business. And so then I was thinking, okay, so I have the opportunity to change grow this and get a retirement from it and my kids can take it over or i can sell it etc you know so i'm uh, decided yeah just to grow the business because this is my ministry because every single person i come in communication with contact with is it they walk in the door or they work for me or whatever that's my ministry as to grow them and to encourage them or to you know do whatever god puts in front of me and so yeah they were then ten thousand square feet um, and I've got, you know, 10, 12 employees, stuff like that by 2018. And then I'm growing so much and then trying to figure out. So then I end up hiring you, uh, it was about 2019 or 2020, I guess, 2020. Yep. Yeah, 2020. Um, um, and so then that starts growing and we start rocking and rolling after that with hiring and growing managers and stuff like that. We just went internally and grew people that I was already growing yeah, right. to become getting, management. Getting better. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so um, then going down to all to say that is, you know, so I've always had a passion to raise the next generation, you know, like we've talked about. And so uh, we're now uh, looking at a training facility for high school kids. You know, we already train them and teach them and stuff like that. And I've had several kids that would go to trade school and spend money in trade school, even like, oh, I thought I wanted to be a painter, but I don't like it. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to yeah. go in the Army or Navy or whatever, you know. And, and so I want to build a training facility for the next generation to teach them, you know, high school and beyond if they want to be a mechanic and give them an opportunity to grow their career without having to spend a lot of money on college. Very cool. Um, and so then, yeah, the opportunity, uh, I don't know where we're going with all this. I guess the <laughs> patina alley is we're where we share the vision. <laughs> yeah. The whole world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so saying that, uh, I want to build a training facility for the next generation and I do that in house, but, uh, uh, looking at, we were looked at trying to buy some land in town, you know, that was downtown and stuff like that. But the police and the city management and stuff like that don't like us doing burnouts, you know, downtown <laughs> next to the police oh, department, come on, come on. <laughs> you know, and, and stuff. So um, that didn't work out. 
And so then the opportunity to come up across the street is the industrial park in Lampasas. There used to be a concrete plant there and it's a little over five acres. And so, um, yeah, I go talk to the city about it. I hear through the grapevine just from another friend that sent me a proposal to the city, you know, that it was a godsend because I wouldn't have known that it was for sale or even had wow, the opportunity. That's pretty cool. You know, if you think about it, if you. You know, saying all this, if you look back over your shoulder and see where God's taking you from, mm -hmm. then you realize, you know, what your future holds is that if God's got your back. He's on your your side and he's got great plans for you, you know. That's good. And so, yeah, so now we're yeah, in what, 2022 almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll it. will be. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so 2022, we're uh, be taking over this property the five acres we're going to start out with just doing some storage and stuff like that to develop it and then have an opportunity to buy the property after two years and we're going to uh the goal is to have a hot rod shop on this property and have a hot rod based business park you know Heck yeah and so it'll be a man's destination location that will i mean like you said people like watching cars getting built they like watching looking at cars and stuff like that so have an opportunity to maybe get your hair cut at a barber, you know, have a cigar lounge, smoke a cigar, drink a beer, have a brewery, a restaurant, you know, on this location, have an event center uh, where you have a stage, you know, some food trucks maybe even, and, nice. and just have a destination for all hot rod base. We're gonna call it uh, Patina Alley. Very and cool. so everything will be kind of old school, rugged look to it. You know, Patina is weathered, paint basically so it's yeah. god's yeah. way of painting cars you know by taking it with the sun and the sand and you know beating up the paint job so it's i mean gonna have that rugged feel you know nothing, nothing real fancy but just a relaxing atmosphere and just totally hot rod base you know and then so we'll have the training facility for high school kids and beyond and then we'll have the hot rod shop have the you know the destination of you know cigars and whiskey or whatever we you know yeah. have attracted to that so cool. grow, yeah. that's what the opportunity of being able to grow uh, work on the business instead of working in the business is because you get to you're so focused on internal yeah. working in the business so much that you're trying to make money and get numbers work and you know hire people and all that stuff but you have the opportunity to work on the business i mean i didn't know this until the last couple of years just being with you and just be able to step back and say okay I'm loving what I do. Let's make it even better. You know, That's what's it. the next thing that we can make bigger and better? Work on it. So, and then you just start enjoying your job so much more. If it's it's just small focus, then you're just get frustrated and stressful and all that stuff. But if you can really sit back, change your perspective, and look around you and see where God's goal is for you, then I mean, you can just work on it and make make it more enjoyable every day. So. Awesome. Well, you heard it first here on the Bill for Trades podcast that uh, Patina Alley, the one and only destination for hot rods. In Lampasas, Texas. In Lampasas, Texas. Yeah, that's, right. that's going to yeah. be awesome. So stay tuned for that. I can't <laughs> wait to see that come to fruition. I believe so much in and I told him to save me a, a, an office space for Built for the Trades. There you go. Yeah, make so. it an event center right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Have some love hatchet it. throwing and some bow and arrows or something like that, you know. That's it, man. <laughs> so really just kind of wrap everything up. This has been great conversation. Um, what's one thing that you know today that you wish you would have known when you started the business? that you could share with our audience to really grasp and take and, and learn from? Yeah, just like I said, not only to grow bigger, but grow better at what you do. 
you know. If I would have known that 20 years ago, that I need to be making this better, if I would have known 20 years ago that my actual ministry was the career God put me in, then I would have been a whole game changer, you know. Wow. It's to grow, and just the growing better at what you do. It would Man, be, if I would have known that, then I think it would have been yeah, a lot less, what I call is a bought experience. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've got a lot of bought, enough bought experience. I could have been an attorney or, you know, a doctor or something like that, making a lot more money now <laughs> than I am now. I mean, <laughs> just bought experience of just, yeah, just educating yourself of every failure, every lesson learned, just make, fail forward, move forward and become better every time, you know, when God puts, you know, stumps in your row, you know, learn from it and move forward, you know. So before we go, I just want to ask that question. What's the difference between failing and failing forward? So failing is focusing on the what you did wrong all the time, you know, just uh, not doing anything about it and just beating yourself up. I just failure, 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 you know, and failing forward is learning and moving forward and growing from that opportunity that God gave you. You know, uh, it's wow. what you do with it. Not so. I was telling one of my team members the other day that things don't happen to you; things are given to you. Hmm. You know, so if we focus on the negative side of it and say, "Oh, yeah, that just keeps happening to me," have to no, no, this, this is an opportunity given to me to learn from. You know, and then it's kind of funny. My son and I—he's eleven. We were talking the other day on the way to somewhere where we're going shopping or something like that, and we're talking about life and stuff like that. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." My men, you know, Presley, were doing this, and oh, this is a failure. And I was like, "No, you know." But yeah, but I've learned, like you say, fail forward, right, Dad? Yeah. And I'm like, "Wow, the words come out of his mouth that I tell him," you know. And so it's 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 great to learn. And then teach the next generation to learn the same thing. You know That's what I mean? Good, the same, your your team and just grow them and fail forward. Yeah. yeah, I almost like a picture in my head is like if you take that failure and you and then you just step on it, and it's almost like mm -hmm. a stair step. Yeah, like you take the what you learn and you step on it, and it you go you go to the next step. Exactly. Yeah. I think if we're if we're, if if you use it as a hindrance, well, I'm not going to do that again because I'm I have. I'm scared because I failed that one time doing yeah. it, and then you're never going to take that for that step, right? Absolutely. And you're always going to be stuck there in the growth of your business, your leadership, and you're going to be frustrated. So that's really good. That's really good to hear. Yeah, action even in uh, doing it wrong is still action. It's still making the opportunity and moving forward, you know. That's it. Yeah, even if you fail at it, hey, you learn and you're moving forward. It's better than not doing anything at all. That's it. Yeah. Well, Brant, thank you for coming on the podcast, yeah, man. Yeah, I really absolutely. appreciate everything. I've enjoyed this this talk. And uh, just for everybody listening out there, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, drop us some comments. Or we have a video on, on YouTube. You can check out the interview on video. Yep. Um, and if you like the show, just rate us and, and subscribe. We would yeah, love to, to have you follow along this journey. And, and once again, Bill for the Trades is not about how big your business is or how much money you make. It's about the impact you're making on other people's lives mm, love uh, it. through just doing what you say you're going to do. And, and a handshake means everything. I think that's yeah. two of the biggest values that you can have in life. And it's uh, for some people may call it old school, but I like old school sometimes. <laughs> yeah. so, anyways, hey, back thank y'all. and Yeah. Check yeah. us out at martinsrods.com and yeah. uh, give us a holler. Check us out on Facebook as well. So Awesome, brother. All right. Thanks. All right, thanks, man. You bet.